1: Welcome to Shattered Lives, an informed, conversational, cutting-edge radio show in touch with today's issues that impact the lives of crime victims, addressing the aftermath of crime, forging a path for hope, building awareness, and empowering listeners for the future. This is Donna Argore, a.k.a. Lady Justice, your host, with my co-host Delilah Jones, president of ImaginePublicity.com, welcoming you to today's show and to our our library of weekly archive shows. It is our goal to make a difference. And um, good morning, uh, everyone, and happy Saturday. It is indeed our goal to make a difference, and I'm welcoming you on this lovely uh, April day. And want to let you know that we are uh, switching gears a little bit today. We're making a difference in a different kind of way because we are – uh, featuring a show that ha- has to do with um, something that's very close to my heart, uh, uh, having to do with uh, health care issues. Um, as everyone may know, I have a permanent disability and deal with my own medical issues. And uh, there are so many people out there um, who are touched by um, medical issues in this world and, um one of the aspects that many people are dealing with uh these days is the the fact that they cannot afford health care or uh if they do have health care it does not meet their particular needs and we are going to address that today with um with a with a friend of ours from Virginia who um has been enlightened because of her her personal situation and we're going to indulge in uh we're going to in, Uh, delve into the uh, Obamacare which is very unaffordable uh, to many despite the fact that the title is Affordable Care Act and that's what we're going to be focusing on in a a very short while but I just want to bring in my uh, co-host Delilah to say good morning how are you and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, delving into this topic aren't you?
2: Good morning, Donna. It's a it's another great Saturday to be on, on air. Yes, this is this is a very important topic for all of our listeners. No matter, you know, what your situation is right now, it can change in an instant as our guest will tell us, you know, how she came about um contracting the chronic illness that she has and you know, and it, it could be any of us. And I think that's what's so important for everyone to realize that you may you may be sitting pretty today, health health wise, money wise, financially, but it can change very very quickly. So, you know, I think um, our listeners will be very very well informed after the after the show.
1: I I agree with you, and just to kind of tie it into our usual our, our usual uh, topic. What is happening with our healthcare system and with with people um, is a crime. So, so you know we are kind of getting at it from the back door, but this is this this is a crisis. So, with that said, um, Debbie Hodges from Virginia wanted to welcome you to Shattered Lives. It's a pleasure to have you on today.
3: Thank you, Donna, and um, hello and hello, Delilah. Um, we meet again. It's very I'm very very thrilled to be on the show today because there are a lot of things that um people don't realize with illness um when you get it they don't realize with insurance they don't realize with drugs they don't realize until it happens to them. So I'd like to tell you my story so go ahead and question away.
1: <laughs> well, why don't, well th- thank you and we um we're very glad to have this opportunity to kind of open the door um, to get some insight onto this very complicated process. And we have no illusions that we're going to fix things, but we want to, we want to increase awareness and to invite other people to join the conversation after this show as well. So um, with that, why don't you tell us a bit about the background in terms of uh, your, your personal disability and how that has impacted your life, and we can kind of go from there.
3: Okay, Um, 19 years ago in 1997, November, I was um, coming off a plane from Cleveland to um, Norfolk, Virginia. I was working and I was having extreme pains and didn't know what it was. And my fiance at the time took me to the hospital, to the ER when he picked me up. And um, they gave me a ton of drugs that probably could have killed me. Morphine, Valium, you name it, I was on everything for the pain and sent me home and said I must have sciatic nerve damage. So a few days later, after that, I felt myself getting very, very um, numb and in a lot of pain and a lot of tingling. And finally, um, I called the ambulance to come to the house and they took me to the hospital. And I was diagnosed, well it took a few days actually to be diagnosed with um, a rare but not uncommon disease called idiopathic acute transverse myelitis. Now idiopathic is the meaning for they don't know how I contracted it. Um, mm-hmm. It is like a virus that attacks the spinal column. Within a few days I was paralyzed from T5 down, not able to walk. I was um, sent to a rehab hospital to learn how to do um, just common things in a wheelchair, how to cook, be able to go to the bathroom, how to shower in a wheelchair, just how to live my life in a wheelchair because they said I'd never walk again. And um, I was in the hospital for over three months, and they finally um, released me when I got to a point that they said that I I wasn't going to be any better. But during that time frame and thereafter, I had been on a lot of um, prednisone and cocktail drips in an IV bag, and taking them orally as well, to be able to jumpstart my system. And I think people with MS or um, any kind of disease that take where you take prednisone knows that prednisone is a drug that is supposed to make you stronger. Um, it's supposed to give you that extra push. Well, I was on—I can't even tell you—tons of it, tons and tons and tons. And from this, that massive steroid use, um, to be able to walk again by the grace of God, I am walking, um, with disability, um, but I am walking up and in walking, and I consider that, you know, a gift and a um, positive mental attitude note, um, that that you just don't give up on life even though you get thrown curveballs. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the thing about the massive steroids is is that it had repercussions in my body as like as life went along. Um it it tends to break down the bones, which it has done in my case to having, you know, Five to twelve foot surgeries to a neck surgery. um, They can't operate on my back because um, because basically somebody with DDD degenerative disc disease take Mm -hmm. that, and I'm probably five hundred times worse than a person with DDD. Wow, did they tell you
1: this at the time they were administering? They were prescribing all of these steroids. That okay? This is the this is the downside to taking these. Uh, and or did they kind of give you give you a choice
3: um no not really Donna what they said was basically um would you like to try this route and of course um for anybody that's been paralyzed or know of paralyzation or partial paralyzation um do you want to try anything to get up and move again Mm-hmm. So I said yes, but no, I was not told of the repercussions. But to this day, do I hold the doctors responsible? No, I don't, because everyone makes choices in their life. Just like my choice not to have the Affordable Care Act, it was a choice. It was a choice for me to take those massive steroids to get where I am today. Mm-hmm. And
1: everything in life is a trade off, and you you deal with what you have. In front of you, and I guess you could say you make the best of it, and you try to improve things. And like I say, I think you're you're, you're so on with the positive attitude. Go ahead, Delilah. Well, no. I was just going to ask Debbie: Is um,
2: you know you you contracted this 19 years ago? Do you know if there's been any improvements in um, treatment options within the last 19 years, as far as Okay, this is what they did for you, but perhaps they're doing something different for new patients that are diagnosed.
3: Um, basically, if no, there isn't. It's still a mixture of um, like what causes mus- muscular dystrophy or what causes cerebral palsy, um, mm-hmm. what causes MS in other people. It's one of those illnesses um, that's that's a debilitating illness like the rest of the ones I just named, but also, um, no, because everybody is different. There are not two people that are the same. Right. I, I mean, that's but
1: too.
3: I'm sorry, go ahead, Donna.
1: Uh, no, I'm just saying that's the same with, I
3: have special cerebral palsy. And
1: although there are certain traits, symptom, metology that goes with that, every person is different too. And, um, just just to contrast a little bit with yours, um, despite the fact that that mine, um, I have certain things that I deal with. It supposedly is not progressive, although when you put a developmental disability. On, uh, an aging process. On top of that, it makes it doubly difficult. So I'm wondering too, with you, Debbie, as as a as a consequence of we all getting older, does that? How does that impact your trans, transverse myelitis and what you're dealing with? Does that have a further debilitating impact? You know, the, the aging process.
3: Uh, yes, and no. Um, it's funny you should say that sometimes it it does affect me like yesterday here the weather it really got me the wind was blowing it was bitter and i felt like i was frankenstein walking and other days you know i feel i mean i never feel totally loose from t5 down in my body it obviously knows it was in shock from being paralyzed and nor do i have the freedom to run um, to swim to do and anything somebody normally would do with their legs um, I can't, but yeah, there are days, there are days mm-hmm. let's see
1: well what um with with regard to after you were diagnosed with this and uh can you can you tell us a bit about the secrets of events what so we can kind of build the story? What did you do initially um, in terms of what coverage was available to you at the point of diagnosis, and then how 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 did it change? And then we can kind of get into what you're dealing with now.
3: Well, um, Donna, when I contracted this, um, you know, mysterious disease, not much was known about it back in the day, um, and I worked for a great employer, probably about. Uh, maybe ten years into the job, um, doing retail, and and when I when I contracted this, and thankfully they were very very good to me and kept me on board um, with the company, and I was had insurance and had disability through the company as well, so it was great. I mean, I'm of the age bracket where you know the baby boomer stage where hey, guess what? You do the right thing, you have insurance, you. You know, that's the way you live life. You know, you have a retirement with the company you work with, and when you retire, you've got retirement. Things don't work that way these days, (laughs) Um, not at all. Um, It's it's crazy in a minute, time changes. Um, So I went on to work for the company for another eight years, so it was a little over 18 years that I worked for the company, and I um, had to have another foot surgery, and I kind of just said, okay, that's it. I'm going to kind of put in my retirement because it was very hard for me because I couldn't walk on crutches being unstable with my gait. So I um, kept Cobra and then through my husband's insurance, um, I had said to him, why don't you insure me on your policy? Because by that time I was married um, before I retired and so I was on his insurance policy. Um, which which was great, I mean, all my operations were wonderfully covered through his insurance, you know which which i 'm going to say is anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was the same carrier our company had, so anthem knows me quite well in their records over you know the last fifty some years
1: mm, me
2: too <laughs>
3: um, so um, how funny that when I decided um well, not decided, when I had to uh, pick a health care plan through the Affordable Care Act, I picked Anthem because I said, why not? They know me, everything. So I picked Anthem. Well, one of the things I found out with Anthem is that um, one of the hospitals that I had my surgery done at and would like to have had continuing care at is Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Well, guess what? John Hopkins doesn't take Anthem through the Affordable Care Act, but they take Anthem through your employer. So Because they didn't get enough reimbursement or something? Well, actually, yes. That is what I've come to find out is Mm -hmm. that many, 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 um, I call them doc in the boxes, which I really shouldn't because a, a physician's assistant is a qualified medical caregiver, but the patient first of the United States, um, as of January 1, 2016, they stopped taking Anthem Blue Cross Health Keepers, which is um, an ACA, Mm -hmm. because of late payments. And many other um, doctor's offices, I mean, my neurologist stopped taking it, which forced me to have another, to go to another neurologist. And it was funny because as the year went on, in 2015, I found that, oh, my gosh, what am I paying all this exorbitant money for when half the doctors that I went to dropped it? I mean, it's great when you check it out online saying, oh, yeah, they're a provider, they'll accept it. But then when you go, and then after a couple visits, oh, no, we don't take it because slow payment on the part of Anthem. That is a real crime of the heart. And they
1: didn't tell you that up front. Usually when you call, do you accept this insurance? Or you have to ask also, are you accepting new patients? Did you did you find that that was a, an issue? Like, no, we are, we're not taking anybody. How much time did you spend in sort of doctor shopping?
3: <laughs> oh, it was a lot. I mean, I was almost labeled a drug addict um, because I was in pain management, um, you know, because of my chronic pain. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had to go see a bunch of different doctors you know and so therefore I was labeled you know I I practically labeled I'm not going to say labeled where I had a right hours upon hours upon hours to these doctors to say look I'm not doctor shopping I'm unhappy that you're not taking my insurance and see Donna let me correct you for just a second they originally accepted Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. Remember all this affordable care act is new. Okay, so right. they're taking anything. As time went on in 2015 is where they started dropping the plan that I was on. Do you follow where I'm coming well, I from this, so that yeah, was,
2: this is a this is a good point to make and maybe people don't understand it but to to get the benefit health care through the Affordable Care Act, you have to enroll every year. And when you enroll, that's when you see where these kind of changes have been made. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are just like me. You don't go through and study every doctor on the list because there's only, you know, it's, there's a list of doctors who will take it. And they can change. Like Debbie said, the um, many of them are just Fed up with it, and they're not—they're just not taking it. Some doctors right, are not taking any see. insurance. Exactly. Right. So you know, not only different doctors, different hospitals, different clinics. So it it leaves it up to the individual to have to go through and do your your due diligence to find do out was homework. my doctor taking it on this plan or that plan yeah and it, it's you know it's something that it changes every year that you
1: enroll so is there a safety net set up if this happens now this did happen to you if they said suddenly, what, after two or three visits, oh, we're not accepting that, do they then say, Hand you a paper and say, Well, you could try these people or are is it are you on your own through this whole you know maze of figuring out what do I do now'
3: Yeah, basically you are on your own figuring it out. I mean, they will make referrals and say, you know, I think, you know, you can see them to see if they take it, but we can't guarantee that they're still taking it or not taking it, and therefore it becomes, you know, a round to it. It's like you just go round and round and round in circles. So how
1: many people did you go through, uh, so, uh, maybe that's not a correct way of putting it, I'm sorry, but in terms of trying this one and then trying that one, trying this one, before you said, you know what, I I can't make any headway here, I have to opt out, was it a number uh, of different positions or plans or practices?
3: Um, well, I studied, I, I do have an insurance agent who is a good friend of mine, um, for a long time, and her and I went through um, policies and plans and different things when it came time to enroll for 2016. Mm-hmm. And as I stated before, I, I said, you know, we, we have choices. I, I just, I've never been without insurance, and I was right there almost ready to take a plan that to me still wasn't acceptable and i and I just said no and as far as doctors, when I went to between five and six different doctors um which then became labeled me doctor shopping um which it was a joke um but but yeah, as far as um going to this plan and what was my decision not to go to the any plan come January one, well, the deadline was the end of January was the fact that it didn't matter what you did what plan you're on it was still uh anywhere between a 4500 and 6500 deductible that so you had to pay that's, out of pocket
1: that's that's ridiculous i mean who and that, who has that
3: yeah uh, well here's the thing and this is one of the things that um you know i i was in the paper um as I kept writing articles and articles and articles in our local newspaper every time something would be published about the Affordable Care Act and what I was discovering, you know, through 2015. And the last article that made me front page was the fact that I'm willing to take the penalty for it. I'm over it. I mean, how many people – how many people want to stand up with me right here right now and make that pledge that they're willing to take the penalty instead of paying for this gosh awful horrible policies that are out there and Mm -hmm. the paper got such an enormous response that that's where they did an interview between um, myself and two other people which i was (laughs) really happy to see now um the sixty-five hundred to forty-five hundred. Let me back it up because I don't want to. Uh, my particular plan was going to be sixty-five hundred dollars out of pocket. Was so it does vary
1: depending on the person.
3: No, it depend varies depending on the plan. The lowest deductible okay. that you can have is four four thousand five hundred dollars, and the highest is sixty-five hundred.
1: Uh huh. Okay.
3: But it's all in price that you pay for a policy. Like I was going to be paying seven hundred and twenty-five dollars and nineteen cents a month, which is a small condo payment, um, yes, plus a condo fee, <laughs> and <laughs> on top of six thousand five hundred dollars out of pocket. Are you kidding me? I no. went. Well, in, correct me if I'm wrong. It's probably only a sixty-eighty or. Er, Eighty twenty
2: policy. So you would, you know, if you indeed used it and and paid your your deductible, and you had to be hospitalized, or you know, you had to continue, you'd still be liable for the other twenty percent. The other twenty.
3: Well, it, well, so too, let me tell you this, Delilah and Donna. Okay, go ahead, Delilah. Sorry. Well,
2: so I'm saying it, it's
3: financially for someone
2: in a situation that has a fixed income or um, in, in a situation that you've been in, not even being able to work, that has no income, but what are you supposed to do? I mean, it's right. it's like, you know, you, you work hard all your life. You pay into um, a lot of things throughout throughout your career. And when you finally get to the age where it's supposed to be the golden years, this all dumps on you. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and, uh, you know, you're, you're almost forced to sell everything and, and live in public housing in order to have the access to health care, which isn't all that good anyway.
3: No, right. and here's the thing. that six, What you said about the 80-20, yeah, that comes down the road, but the $6,500 is up front because of the medicine I take being very, very expensive. Um, a lot of it wasn 't covered under the drug plans until you got to the sixty five hundred dollars so right. that meant all of my drugs for the most part, with the exception of two okay out of the eleven drugs I was taking, I would still be paying out of pocket till I reached that sixty five hundred dollar goal and office visits and everything so where Where is the affordability here? Hello. Yes. And was that
1: 6500 plan like a Cadillac plan in terms of comparing it to the 4500 Was there a big difference? Did, did, did you see that?
3: Um, you know, it was a little bit of a better plan um, to go with a higher deductible for what my needs were with specialists, but then... And here again it was with Anthem and after I had learned so many people and including Johns Hopkins not taking Anthem and not knowing what they were going to take because I personally called up their benefit office and they know me quite well there and they're like Miss Hodges you know I don't know what to tell you. We haven't made a decision yet for the year what we're taking and what we're not. And I said well there you go my answer's clear.
1: So you reached the deadline point. I mean, did you want to still be affiliated medically with John Hopkins, depending upon what they did accept? How did that part play out?
3: Well, I can. anybody can pay cash. I mean, you know, it's once again, you have the money you pay for what you get. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I could go there and pay cash, $2,000 a visit, no problem. Uh,
1: $2,000 a
3: visit. <laughs> and uh, that's being on the cheap side.
2: Less that's the expensive
3: side. side. I know, yeah. I actually, I was thinking about, you know, writing Donald saying, here you go, let me be a poster child for your campaign. Well, that's
1: what I was wondering. You know, you, you see all of these drug commercials on TV. and If you, and I don't know if you, I mean, this might be exploitative on your own part, but if you'd be willing to, to um, you know, be a spokesperson for a particular drug that you need that works, I mean, would they, they somehow work with you if you did something in the marketing area? I mean, did you explore that, that option?
3: You know, I touched very briefly on that part, Donna, because one of the things I said in um, my interview previous is that I was exploring Canadian pharmacies. Well, okay. why stay in Canada or why go to Canada when you can go right here? This was also something I learned. Then <laughs> this is going to blow you away. Um, one of my drugs, I was paying four hundred and fifty nine dollars and change for.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, and but with the co insurance before it was fifty dollars. Okay, so I'd pay fifty dollars a month for this drug. Well. I went to my pharmacist and I said, I've got all these prescriptions here because what I did is I did my homework. I went, had every surgery I needed done, um, had everything you could think of being done, um, got all my prescriptions refilled, whatnot, before I got off of anything, you know, as far as not being insured. You planned ahead, yeah. Yeah, right, I did. I planned ahead. I mean, it was funny. I I did plan ahead. Um, But I went to my pharmacy and I said, you know, um, Ryan, to my pharmacist, who's a really good guy, I said, I really don't want to go to Canada. I just don't trust it. I know a lot of people get their drugs through there. I mean, isn't there something that you can do um, to, with drug costs? Isn't this just ridiculous other than just writing the manufacturer and telling them your story and blah, blah, blah? And he was like, yeah. He goes, let me check some numbers here so he went through you know all my drugs with me and um which was very, he was slow thankfully cuz most pharmacists aren't slow that day and he said yeah for about um 289 two ninety five um a month you could have all your drugs
1: all 11
3: yes <laughs> for
1: really in canada really. as opposed to be there
3: Oh, my gosh, yeah. Let me tell you, the difference in drugs from Canada and what we manufacture them as far as price goes, it's only about a $100 difference. So I was really glad, and that's another thing I really suggest to your listeners and even to both of you, um, is to talk to your pharmacist. Get him at a good time when he's not busy and say, hey, can we talk? And the other thing I found out as well is that in certain pharmacies they give you free drugs? They will give you free high blood pressure medicine, free antibiotics, and this includes your animals. I had no clue. Absolutely no clue. Is that just to no tide clue. you over for a couple of days, or you're saying? Oh ongoing? no. Oh no, this is ongoing. This is ongoing. Really? I had never ever knew that in my life. You go to your pharmacist and say. Um, I understand certain pharmacies have a program where they give out um, drugs for free. Um, do you have your list?
2: Best kept um, secret.
3: It is the best kept secret. And so I have an animal, a dog, and my dog had to be on antibiotics. And I took it to a different farm, ph- And this is how I found out. I took it to a different pharmacy, and they were like, oh, there's no charge. I said, how much do I owe? Oh, there's no charge for this. I said, what? Because dogs, dogs, no, let me, I mean, there is no, um, there is doggy insurance you can get, but as far as prescriptions go, dog insurance or cat insurance or whatever insurance you have on your animal doesn't cover prescriptions that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. So, that being said, and going to a different pharmacy is where I found this out, because I just went to the pharmacy that was closest to where I live, not the pharmacy that I go to now. Mm-hmm. Um, or have gone to for the last 10, 15 years since they opened. And I, I was like, really, do you have a list? And that's where I found out. So I went back to my pharmacy, and he was like, oh, yeah, I meant to give you this list last time, but then, you know, he did get busy. And, he, and honestly, he didn't. He just forgot because he did get busy. But he gave me a, the same list. Um,
2: there, there are a lot of drug companies who will provide the drugs too, but you – you not only have to prove that you're uninsured, but you also have to prove that you're practically destitute before they fail. Um And each drug company works differently as, as far as how they approve something like that. So there, you know, there are options, like explain you explained, know, for people who are on prescription drugs to be able to, um, to work with people and get them at an affordable price. But why how many people really know about that? You know what I mean? It's like people are paying full price because they don't know to even ask.
1: Right. So, exactly. Well, I guess the rule is always asking. The other thing I wanted to bring up that's sort of related, if you've seen the movie, Michael Moore's Sicko movie, he talks about this. He brought people from nine eleven who had severe you know, respiratory problems from breathing and all the, the, the junk from, and he brought them down to Mexico, and, and they had to pay like hundreds of dollars for all of these things, you know, in, in New York. He brought them down to a pharmacy in Mexico, and for the same thing, what what they needed, like whether it related to, an, you know, inhalers, and they charged a nickel, Deb, a nickel as opposed to hundreds of dollars.
3: So Oh, yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. I know, it's a racket. I mean, I'll, I'll be very honest with you until, I, I mean, I felt the Affordable Care Act was not affordable, but then when I really started delving into this drug issue, I, mm-hmm. I was just totally blown away. I mean, totally, totally, totally blown away. I mean, that these options are out there, and pe- nobody knows about it.
1: Right. Well, what's the biggest obstacle for, in terms of, I, I know you're dealing with having to get these prescriptions, um, but with regard to your physical health and being able to to be as um, you know your self care and in, in, in as independent as possible, irrespective of of the drugs, are you able to get the medical services that you need um, besides besides the medications right now? Mm-hmm.
3: No, I'm not, unfortunately, Donna. Um, I am at a certain income bracket where I don't, I don't get a subsidy for the Aff- Affordable Care Act, and nor do I qualify quite for Medicare or Medicaid. So I'm stuck in the middle. Um, and it was funny because when I started this venture with being uninsured, I said, oh, gosh, I'm never going to go to the doctor until I'm dying. Well, lo and behold, what did I realize? Um, come a few weeks back is that my prescriptions were expiring with no more refills that I had to do something. So I Mm -hmm. called my general, I mean, seriously, I was like, Oh, best laid plans. Yeah. I didn't think of that one when they, when it's time for no more refills, what do you do? Um, so I, yeah, I mean, really, I didn't think of it. And, um, so I called my general practitioner and, and I spoke with his nurse. I said, this is the situation. It's um, like, yeah, we read about you in the front page of the newspaper. Um, yeah, yeah, come in. We'll give you a discounted rate. And I'm like, okay, great. We'll write the prescriptions, everything but that um, can be written, anything for pain, no, um, because that was through pain management. And I was like, fine, just get me. Get me just the you know basics that keep me moving, and so that's what I did last week. And um, is that for ninety days only, or what is it for? Cause a lot uh, of time- no, he um, is going to keep refilling them for me, which is really great.
1: Really? Wow. I think this is a, this is another thing
3: that needs to be brought out is the fact that you know you had
2: this whole medical plan going on, you had doctors lined up for different things. Um, you will work in the plan, so to speak. And then <laughs> when you have to re into the Affordable Care Act, that plan just goes right out the window. If there's if there's a doctor or two or three within your, the list of the ones that you have to see that opt out of taking it, then you have to start all over again. You and have your to plan yeah, you have to, like Deb said earlier, you have to start calling around, finding out who takes, you know, their policy and line all of that up again so that your health care plan works for you.
1: And then it could change again, right, depending down the line. Every year it could change again. Oh, right.
2: And every, right. the costs go up. And, and I think I just read something recently that, you know, not too many healthcare practitioners are happy with this either because their costs are going up exorbitantly and the insurance companies' costs, and they're not happy with it for that reason. So I think you know, I I don't know how much longer it can sustain itself. To be honest with you, and then yes, the house have? of cards,
1: it it really is. It's gonna it's gonna topple over at at, at some point. And crash and burn, and maybe that's the best thing. And then you you start and you do something that's that's practical and realistic. I mean, I don't know. And but for the grace of God, I hope that we we can hang in there with 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 all of these changes and whatnot. But Deb, tell us about what what when you finally came to that fork in the road where you said. Okay, I've done all these things. I've I've changed doctors, I've tried to work with my my TCP and prescriptions. I in I can't go that route. I can't afford this. I'm opting out. What did what did that mean in in plain terms when you when you made that decision and and how how did that impact from there when you said I'm opting out, so this is what I have to do now?
3: Well, I didn't know what was next to be honest with you i had no clue i just said and i was nervous and i was scared and now that i've um it's been four months into the process yeah four months into the process um you know other knock on wood i'm doing okay i mean i've been able to cut my drugs in half of what i would be paying through a canadian pharmacy by being educated through my pharmacist um, and a, being able to get antibiotics um, for free, um, everybody needs antibiotics. I especially, when I go to the dentist, which that's been uh, a cut out, so to speak, of um, not going to, but because I've got plates and brackets and different things in my body, I have to take antibiotics, be premedicated is what they call it, before I go to the dentist. Well, here I was paying a copay before for amoxicillin to take, you know, Four thousand milligrams of it um, before the dentist visit, and guess what? I could have been paying f- it for free
1: Ugh, if you'd only known,
3: right? Right, if you only known. I mean, I even even having insurance, they said they'd still they've given it to you for free. I mean, it doesn't. Our insurance system doesn't make sense at all affordable care act to the drug companies to to all of it it just does not make any sense and it seems to me the CEOs of these companies are the only ones that are getting rich yeah well getting rich
1: or just being able to survive and keep afloat i mean in point of fact you're you're having to sort of be your your, your own doctor you figure out which which uh drugs you know, are most effective for you, and those that you can you can get for free, or those that you can afford on your limited income. Um, so, are you kind of doing a juggling act right now? And so for the last four months, and so far, it's working out.
3: Um, yes. Now, I am missing one of the higher-priced drugs that I just can't afford because there's no generic um, for it, which I'm which is a common drug called Lyrica. Um I don't know if you've everybody's heard of it. Um, and that drug I'm really going to take to the manufacturer and say, um, or go to the manufacturer and say, Hey, I really need your help here with this. Mm -hmm. But I've also asked my neuro ophthalmologist if he could put me on some type of a test program through EVMS. If, um, if that was possible, because I've got some eye issues and I will know that on Thursday, that's my doctor's appointment actually.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, this is that, I think another thing to bring up at this point, too, is even though you have this chronic illness, you've not been categorized as disabled.
3: Uh, no, how what's so that, funny how, is... How's that working out? <laughs> well, what's yeah, funny but, is is that i thought... I'm, I have an attorney. I've been fighting the government um, because they say I can work. Um, you can't and, get Social Security, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. And here's the funny thing, but I've got a disability placard license plate. Yeah. So if I'm disabled, how can I work? I mean, I, I do do a little bit of consulting that helps pay for some of the drugs on the side, you know, to which I report to the IRS. Um but, I mean, I do it at my leisure. I don't do it, um, I just couldn't go in and punch a clock every day. That's just not how my system works.
1: Yeah, and your endurance and all of that, right? Well, what is their definition beyond what you have to to, to qualify you for that, or does it have to do with your age or you're not quite old enough, or what is it that they're denying that from the criteria?
3: Um, well, actually, they're saying that transverse myelitis, people on it, um, it's not a disability. And it's and it's really sad. There was an Olympic swimmer in the um, quadrup Was it the Quad Olympics or the Special Olympics? Um, mm-hmm. And she had won. And they had stripped her gold medal away um, because they thought at one time that she... At one time going in the future that she would be able to use her legs and walk again.
1: So they define walking as... as- not having a disability yeah or if you can walk in any well if you can walk with a walker with crutches a number of a number of feet or whatever um then then that's what they say
3: that's what they're telling me at this point in time and I sure hope my lawyer um can do a job for me come next month because that's when my um fourth hearing for disability will come up with the government
1: So you can keep appealing it for a certain number of times or what?
3: You know, that I have not spoken with my attorney on because it's kind of been um, a little bit frustrating. And here again, you pick and choose your battles. Um, Right now, my battle is trying to stay healthy through my – and getting getting where I can afford the drugs that I'm on, that I can afford, you know, doing what I'm doing – and, and that, to me, is the number one priority, is is my health and, and my own health care. Right? right. I'm not worried about that right now. I have to take what's in the moment in front of me as far as that goes. Because, like I said, I just opted out, and I thought I had it all figured out. But, you know, here I missed a point where, gosh, yeah, when the proof – when the refills run, I mean, prescription runs out, how do I get a refill? I'm going to have to go back to the doctor.
0: So, Mm
3: -hmm. you know, that's when I said, okay, I can't go back to five different doctors because that's going to cost me five different bills not having insurance. I'm going to call my general practitioner and see what he can write for me. All right.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Um, I um, Luckily, I don't have to take prescriptions, and for – Psoriasis, plaque psoriasis. I was able to go the integrative medicine route for four or five years ago, and, and been on a gluten-free diet, and was in a I had taken very expensive um, IVs as well as the um, a number of supplements. And over a period of time, because of other financial choices, I um, I cannot continue treatment per se. But I am continuing supplements, and those are still expensive as well. So I continue what have been, has been the most successful for me. Are all of these drugs that you take, are most of them steroids? Are they damaging, degenerative? Would you be able to go the, um, you know, holistic method in terms of taking supplements and that, that help you as well?
3: Well, funny that you asked because I've always been a big herb and vitamin person. And right. when I had um, my big surgery at Johns Hopkins for my neck, um, they told me, and it's funny, in all the other surgeries that the other doctors didn't say, well, you need to be off this vitamin, you need to be off this drug for so many days, da-da-da-da-da, um, because it causes bleeding, blood clots, whatever. But Johns Hopkins, they know, <laughs> They know. Um, so yeah, I I am on I am on vitamins. I'm on a herbal um, pain medicine that's a powder. Um, that seems to be working. Um, In conjunction to
1: with it. the other things that you're taking.
3: Correct, because I'm not on any pain meds right now because my GP wouldn't write them, and I don't have any.
1: And how much pain? Well, do you think- have? Yeah.
3: Okay. ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, I'm in chronic pain every day. Pain. I just try um, not to go to the dark side, and I try to keep in the light. And I recommend that for anybody that feels discouraged. I mean, certainly it's easy to break down and cry and put a frown on your face, but it's extremely hard. I mean, but it's once you, it becomes extremely easy once you wake up in the morning and you. You know, say thank you. I made it through another day. Let's be positive and get through it, no matter how much you're in. Because I don't let things stop me. I've just always been that kind of person. And um, good for you. Me too. You know, and I, I I think if you go to that dark side, you just give Mm -hmm. up. I mean, it's like when the yeah, you're done. I mean, my son told the doctor when he asked him in 1997. um, when will my mom be walking again? And the doctor put, you know, her arm around my son and said, I'm sorry, um, your mom's never going to walk again. And my son kindly took his her arm off of his shoulder and says, obviously you don't know my mom.
0: You know, and right then and
3: there, right then and there, that gave me more power and more will to fight this horrible disease. And you know i gotta be honest with you there are people with my disease that that it it goes in at cervical one and that's the worst transverse myelitis you can have because it's almost like christopher reeve when he was paralyzed and he had he was incubated and he couldn't move his head i mean that's how serious this disease is i'm one of the blessed and lucky ones and i and I feel so sorry for those people that are still in, in the wheelchairs. And I'm on a blog, uh, several TM blogs with them, and, I'm, and I tell them anytime, please try to get into Johns Hopkins. Please, they're number one. And I'm really not, how can I say, promoting Johns Hopkins medicine. I'm promoting their TM, TM program. That's all I'm promoting because they are number one in the world. And this is a rare disease that people don't know much about. Um, they still don't but they can help you figure it out. That's all I'm saying.
1: Is there a, um, a particular person that is, um, I guess, shall we say famous, um, that, has, that has experienced this, this same issue like, you know, Michael J. Fox and people like that that can kind of bring it to the fore? or do you know of anyone that, that is in the limelight, so to speak?
3: Um, yeah, there was a former, well, he's still alive, um, a country singer by the name of Hal Ketchum. And mm-hmm. often what can happen with um, TM is it can go into MS because you have, much like MS, you have these lesions and the lesions can grow um, right. and can develop into MS. So Hal Ketchum's one, Al Unser's son. Um, one of his children had has TM and has it from the neck down, which is the worst you can have. Um, the swimmer I told you about—I wish I could think of her name right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are those are the top three off the top of my head. And are
1: they advocates? Are they out there trying to do something? Um, no, you
3: know? not really. No? Not really. I'd like to. I'd like to get those people, and I'd I, I'd like to get anybody that with social issues, with insurance that are in the place I am out there to make a change for the world, because this is, this just isn't working. The sure. Affordable Care Act is not working at all. Well,
1: what are the consequences of, of paying the penalty? Tell us about that part of it. And you're, I, your no, I heard
3: I, it was a go ahead, Don. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying,
1: um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. What 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 is the penalty financially and otherwise since since you have opted out? What just so that people know?
3: Well, actually that was something when I opted out that I just briefly looked at. I said, Well, whether it's fifteen hundred dollars or five thousand, mm-hmm. add it on to my taxes because at this point I don't care. That's a horrible thing to say, but I don't care. Mhm. Well not so you also the
2: changes every year. I think um the first year of the Affordable Care Act I think the penalty was like ninety five dollars or something. And this year I believe it went up to six fifty, six ninety five, which is the penalty. So I mean That's in a case like yours it's
3: it's you know, to pay the penalty is one month's premium. Mhm. Yeah, exactly, and here's the other thing, Delilah. Why, really, we're supposed to be a free country. Why are we paying a penalty for a choice Exactly. that we make? Exactly. I mean, we should not be paying right. a penalty to not be sucked in by something the government wants us to pay. <laughs> I'm sorry. The
1: government is involved in too many things. It should be your personal choice about your own personal health care or, you know, things things of that nature. We shouldn't be mandated but yet you know they're thinking they're doing the right thing by every by offering the opportunity but it's how can it be this is a forced opportunity right
3: right exactly
1: well yeah and it just doesn't make sense Deb, given your your station in life right now and what you've gone through and and um what what would you like to see realistically for people in your situation. I know we can't change the world, and even with a new, you know, president coming on board and whatnot, I haven't heard word one of from any of the candidates with regard to this. We're all mired in all of their kindergarten, you know, fighting and, 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 and everything just to get reelected. They're not talking about the hard issues. What would you – what would you like to see? I mean, in your locality, you're doing some good things and you're bringing awareness. What in the? We have about six minutes to the show remaining. What would you like to see? Just as the, or you know, your ordinary Joanne, so to speak. What would you like to see going forward for people in your position to try to change the tide?
3: Well, that's a good question, Donna. And you're right about the politics of her. Oh yeah. ay, oh, golly dag. I know if a Democrat gets elected president we're gonna have the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> that I would assume day. I would assume nothing would change. Um if a Republican got in office. I don't know they're gonna be fighting with the Democrats over it. Um, you know, but if I could have my golden wish um for everybody that's in my position, I would say, Hey, let's make things affordable for everybody and not just limit it and not make it black and white. I mean, there's only maybe 11 plans out there through 11, or pardon me, 11 plans out through four major insurance companies on the Affordable Care Act side of things. And, you know, it's got to be a little bit more condensed, more thought out, just totally rewritten where it benefits more people than hurts them. And no penalty, no penalty whatsoever for anybody that doesn't decide they want it. Well, there can't be
1: a one size fits all, is that right? I mean, is how can there be?
3: No, there. No, I'm just saying, offer better choices. I mean, there are no mm-hmm. choices right now that are good with anything right. with the Affordable Care Act. I mean, I have heard of some people say that it's helped them. And I just do not know how because everybody that I've spoken to from the common man to the very wealthy has said, Um, and then, again, the very poor people making minimum wage. They can't even afford the Affordable Care Act. I mean, people have died. There was a special not too long ago, I think on 48 Hours, on CBS, about our own state of Virginia and the Appalachian Mountains about how people couldn't even make it work up there that they right, were you right. know there was a bus going around you know minutes helping people or something. Out. yeah right I, yeah. I saw
1: that one yeah 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 I mean
3: it, and it's a travesty so who who I'd like to hear who it's really helping come on on the other side of me you know with my complaint and, and my issues I'd like to hear from those people that it's helping and how is it helping them from what they had before well, what's, what's one major
1: thing that if it could be changed for everyone that would make a significant impact And all of the, the research that you've done? What, what do you think that would affect the, you know, the mass populace that would go a long way to helping if there was you know, any of these candidates that get into office or even on your state level? What's one thing that could be done that could really cha- you know, begin to change things?
3: Well, I would say that they should have a mandate for the private sector doctors and hospitals not to be able to pick and choose what insurance they take. I think that's totally wrong, totally wrong. Mm -hmm. That they should have to
1: take anybody at whatever reimbursement or make reimbursement the same. Is that realistic for any of your plans?
3: Yeah, that's realistic. Make it the same. But don't discriminate, I mean here I'm paying good money, and I can't even go to Johns Hopkins. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, where I need to be, I can't go mhm so how is how is the Affordable Care Act benefiting me not right and right
1: and yeah i I totally agree with you well so what what is your advice for other people? that are currently in, in your situation and maybe not as savvy as you in terms of trying to, to suggest the options. Are there some, some general guidelines you would like to, to tell our audience?
3: Well, before you go to Canada, seriously, like I was, I was checking out everything to go to Canada to do, um, is check out your own pharmacy in your backyard. Speak to your pharmacist. See what they can offer you. Because mm-hmm. it's amazing. That's that's been my number one most amazing thing is the pharmacy. And I don't mind spending that money per month, um, because it's a heck of a lot less of what I would be paying <laughs> by having insurance.
1: Mhm. Well what if you need rehabilitation? What if you need physical therapy? What if you need um, you know, home care services from nursing. I mean, is there what can what what can you do about that? I mean, besides the drugs.
3: Well, Donna, like I said, I just put my hands and up to the above and I said, please keep me healthy as healthy as I can be so that I don't have any misfortune more than what's happened to me happened right now.
1: Yeah. Well there isn't any So I'm answer, kinda but leaving
3: but it sorry, I'm kinda leaving it. Leaving it, up, it in you God's know. hands? Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Wow. Well, Delilah, what, what would be your parting comments about this? And I, I hope we can continue this as a series, given the show you did and this show, and keep it going, really. It's it's so important.
2: Yeah, it, it is an important issue, because there's
1: just way too many
2: millions of people that are affected by it. And I I don't know that you know, that we're talking about going to socialist medicine, but it's it's got to be accessible to everyone. It's got to be affordable to everyone. It's a basic human right to have access to decent um, medical care when you need it and not have to sell everything you own to pay for it.
1: Right, and what can be done about these CEO's and these pharmaceutical companies that are are making all the money. It has to be dispersed evenly. It can't be just a few people raking in all this money, and that's the problem, isn't it?
3: Exactly. It's just like the gentleman that had the cancer drug who was indicted recently. He was charging cancer patients $1,200 a drug. I -hmm. mean, ludicrous. Ludicrous. I don't know, but,
1: well, at least we have... Opened up the topic for continued discussion. So, I I mean, we can't do much, but at least we've we've done that, and I feel good about that. And I'm so proud of you, Deb, for what you for for what you've done uh, on your own behalf, and for your attitude. And you know, keep going and keep writing. And I hope I hope your local paper still continue you and keep being an advocate because it's so important. And, you know, that is what's going to carry you through. People that are an advocate and have passions that they care about, we've said that they, there's medical studies that that they live longer if they're out there helping on their own behalf and other people's behalf. And that's, that's in the end, that's all we have, really. You
3: know? Oh agreed, agreed. And I can't thank you and Delilah enough, Donna, for having me on the show this morning on this beautiful April day. Um <laughs> Well it's, I hope it has been little a pleasure.
1: Bit. Well yes, and please do share among everyone and I we're gonna continue to promote this and all I can say is please keep us in keep in touch with us with regard to what if things change, you know, both for the especially the good or the bad and and we will continue to promote this show. And if, if there's other people that that um, would like to come on and share their perspective, if they have other, other quote unquote solutions or other things to add to the conversation, both Delilah on her on her i uh, imagine Pub- publicity network and on Blog Talk Radio, we can continue to feature you because this is so important. Correct, Delilah. Oh, absolutely.
2: I think for people who speak out about their experiences, whether they're good or whether they're bad. I mean, like Deb said, you would like to hear from other people on the other side who have had good right. experience with this. And um, in in a situation like hers with a chronic illness, what is it doing for you? Has it made it more affordable to get the care you need? Or, again, has it been a setback for you?
1: Right. So let's, let's just continue this, if at all possible, and get the word out here, and, and, and we'll keep in touch. And, you know, that's the best we can do for, for this moment. So, again, thank you, Deb. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on, and we'll, we'll be in touch. And, Delilah, thank you also for co-hosting this. I think it's been a very good show. And we will uh, see you next week with another edition
0: at Shattered Life
1: Radio
3: Thank you, Dad Thank you, appreciate it
0: plus.